Hey guys, welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have a great guest for you. We're going to be talking about privacy and how we can build trust with your customers through privacy. Don't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas, welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business. Branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation, plus interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Hey guys, welcome back to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today, we have a great guest for you. We're going to be talking about data privacy and customers' trust. So it's very important to have a, a, a good trust with your customers to make sure that the data that, you're, that they're providing to you is secured and that you are taking the necessary steps to uh, make sure that they are private. And so the data that you're collecting, uh, the, the ways in, in which you do that is very important. And my next guest is a data privacy expert, and we're going to be talking about all these things and how we can make your customers trust your security. So please help me welcome Jody Daniels. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Glad it's to be a, here. It's a pleasure having you on the show. Now, this is one of the subjects that we really don't talk about because, uh, I mean, for many people, uh, it's not something that is discussed in the entrepreneurial world we just look in trying to get revenue and we we're looking at trying to you know market and get everything put in place and the best business cards and headers and stuff like that and then and then the privacy is kind of almost on the back end why don't we start out by giving me a little bit of information as to who you are what you do and how you help your customers yeah, absolutely. And, and it is a common piece. I, I deal with it all the time of, you know, revenue and everything is of, of where people are focused. Um, but a little bit about myself. So, so I actually have a 19 year corporate career where I started in accounting and finance and strategy. And then I got and uh, built a, a digital targeting ad product. I used to stalk you for cars before Facebook did that type of thing. And that's actually how I got into privacy. So I built a privacy program from the ground up at a large uh, you know, multinational company and then moved to Bank of America and, and was the digital privacy expert there. And then it's how I got into entrepreneurship. So three plus years ago, I left and decided to start my own consultancy. And what we do is we are privacy consultants. We help simplify complying with privacy laws for small and mid-sized companies and breaking it down from, mm -hmm. you know, the, the basic of principles to the most complex and making sure that companies have what they need to comply with these different privacy laws. Absolutely. And, and, you know, like I was telling you earlier, a lot of times this is on the back burner, but a lot of small companies have lost customer trust uh, and even been sued over privacy mishaps over the years. And so, um, I mean, you look at Wells Fargo, for example, that's a prime example. They've been, I mean, they're on a, uh, they're in litigation. Actually, actually, you know, I think they already settled. Uh, what are, what are some of the steps that some of the, the, the folks that you're working with, what are some of the steps that they, they need to take in order to make sure that the privacy that the, that they're collecting is secure? Yeah. Well, and so there's kind of two different sides to privacy. You have a, a privacy piece in a security piece. And so if it's okay, I'm going to talk about both of those because they really imagine kind of concentric circles and they overlap. Mm -hmm. And we you kind of have to understand both of them um, to really kind of fully grasp the privacy piece. So 
the security side is what most people always think about. I, I give a company data. I'm going to give you my name, my email, my credit card information. I am a Wells Fargo customer. I gave them lots of my, my money and my information. <laughs> so what is Wells Fargo going to do or any company to protect that information? So to your question of you know, what can people do today practically? Well, the very first uh -huh. piece is going to have a strong, complex password. It seems so simple. I'm talking about passwords. We've been hearing about passwords forever, but a long, complex password. Think of a phrase. My favorite food is uh, turkey, some numbers, some symbols, a long, complex phrase. Add that with what's called two-factor authentication. So think about like mm -hmm. text code or a Google Authenticator app or something like that. So when you log in, not only do you need the password, but you need this other piece. Those two pieces combined, when I've sat on webinars with the United States Secret Service and FBI agents, they will tell you time and time again, those two pieces combined can significantly help prevent a data breach, especially for smaller companies. There's other things that you need to think about of protecting the information, you know, making sure you have the right people who have access to it and, and a variety of other you know, smaller items which then connects to the second part of privacy, which is understanding the data that you have and how you're mm -hmm. using it and collecting it. So you have to know what data you're collecting. Are you collecting name, email, credit card, health information? And where are you doing that? Is it an email service provider? Is it a CRM? Mm -hmm. Is it a shopping cart? Where is all that data? Did you export it to Excel? Did you put it in a Dropbox? Is it all on Google Drive? Do you have employees doing it? What about contractors? So you have to have all of that together because those strong passwords and two-factor authentication that I mentioned, mm -hmm. everyone needs to do that. But you also have to do that everywhere where you have the data and you need to know where you have the data and how you use it. And that's how you collectively make sure that you have both the privacy and security pieces covered. So there's a lot to security, but those would be the, the very two simple steps that everyone here listening um, can take. How would you implement something like a password and, and, and two tier processing for the, for the security of, of your customers? You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm trying to look at it from a, I guess, from an outside perspective, one who doesn't really look at yeah. the overall picture, I guess. Sure. You know. So let's take, um, let's take Google. There's a lot of people who love, you know, the simplicity of Google. So if you keep all your information um, in a Google, drive, or maybe you even uh, have a Shopify account. So maybe you're an e-commerce company and you have Shopify and maybe you have Google for your emails in between, you know, in your company, and maybe it's MailChimp for your email. So whoever mm -hmm. has access to the MailChimp account, you want to have a strong password to help make sure that your emails within MailChimp are properly protected. A lot of people will export that list from MailChimp and they might put mm -hmm. it on their Google drive. So now anyone who has access to the Google Drive also can have access to your list of people that are there. The same might be true for Shopify. If I want to have an order list, let me see all the orders that I've had in the last quarter. Mm -hmm. There, you might export some type of report and now you might also put it on a Google Drive for everyone yeah, to see. Sense. So now I have personal information in all those places and mm -hmm. you might not have thought about it that way but you want, so you need MailChimp and Shopify and Google to have strong security measures. But if they have strong security measures, if they encrypt the data on their side, 
that doesn't mean you're done. That just means on their gotcha. servers, that's well protected. Yeah. If I have your password into your MailChimp or Shopify account, I can export all the data and I can do all kinds of interesting things. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you, you brought up a good point. I mean, we've had situations where even though the data is secure in a, in a good location, if you export that and you, and you well, put that out there, then it's no longer secure. I mean, we've had that happen in... Well, in my offices, actually, exactly. I mean, I'll tell <laughs> you, know, you I... not not so much the not so much the photography, but like in, in, when I was in the military, you know, we've pulled out reports, and then there's somebody's social security number, and then it's sent out through the email, and everybody's got it, you know. So, yeah, it's happened before. That's one way to, of doing it. Do you, do you do a privacy a data privacy audit? I do. So a big part of that that audit or assessment, if you will, is is really starting at the what kind of data you have. And it's very simple of just literally think about all the tools and systems that you use. Someone once asked mm -hmm. me this question and I came out with 30 to 40 tools that an average small business owner might use because it goes really quickly. Think about all the marketing tools. Maybe you have invoicing. If you have order fulfillment, communication, it adds up actually really fast. We had this really interesting list. So you have to know all the tools you have and then think about how they're being used because that's how you then figure out, oh, well, I'm using it to store my files. So, well, what kind of files do you store there? Oh, I store everything. Well, then you're going to have lots of information there. Or if you use MailChimp, well, how do you use it? Well, for MailChimp, I just have name and email over there. So you have to understand the data you have. Then you can start thinking about how you have to protect it. And then the last mm -hmm. piece, which we haven't talked about yet, is any of the privacy laws that you'd actually have to comply with. So a lot of people see the privacy notices or those cookie notice banners that we see all over the place. Before you can write those, you also have to know what data you're collecting, using, mm -hmm. and where it's stored. So it all goes together. You wanna make sure that you do an audit. Now, you as, as a company, do you hire somebody or you just go out and and just really assess what your what type of information you're you're collecting. And secondly, do you try to minimize whatever information you're collecting? So I, I guess what my point to that is the less you have, the less likely it is you're gonna provide some information that might come back and haunt you. Yeah. So I'm gonna take that second question first. That is an absolutely fabulous point that you talked about. In the privacy world, we kind of call that data minimization, the idea of mm. only collect what you actually have to have. And it's really easy to want to collect it all right now because it's so easy. I already have you. Let me ask you a whole bunch of questions. I'll get it because maybe one day I have to use it. However, you're responsible for every piece of data that you first collect. And then what's also important is thinking about how many times you copy it. So how many Google Drives is it on? Or how many times did you email it? That's why a share drive is such a nice option. Or think about, did you put the same file in Slack and Asana and Google Drive? Mm -hmm. So maybe I did minimize my collection, but I just replicated it four times in four places, <laughs> uh, which is really easy to do. So you want to be thinking mm -hmm. about that piece of how data is getting used, but absolutely only collect what you absolutely have to have to conduct your business. And the more sensitive the data, making sure you're doing it in a more secure fashion, but even those name and email, being careful to not have a, more copies than you really need to have. And so then your other question, which is, well, what should a company do? So a company, it kind of depends, I think, on the 
industry, the volume of data, and the sort of the complexity of the business. So if someone's listening and they're just starting out and maybe they have an e-commerce company or a coaching company, a consulting company in the United States, the amount of data that they have is probably fairly simple. And I definitely encourage making sure that research is done to understand, you know, are your customers in the U.S. only? Are they in Canada? Are they in Europe? Where are they from? But you probably have a pretty simple um, number of steps to be able to comply. If I'm shipping things around the world, that might be a little bit more complex. Or if I'm in the healthcare space and I'm going to be asking you questions, I might not process through HIPAA. I might not be a doctor or an insurance company. So technically I might not have to comply with HIPAA. But if I'm going to be asking you, so tell me everything about what's wrong with you. (laughs) You know, I, the individual am trusting that you're not going to share that information everywhere. It's going to be on a, it's not going to be on a document that's like, oh, there's that Jody Daniels and here's everything wrong with her. And just anyone on the internet can go and find that. Think about what would happen if anyone listening went and shared that information and just got out there. Right. That's, we feel like that's very private information. So we have to be mindful and careful about where that is. Yeah. I mean, that, that happens when, I mean, it happens a lot nowadays, even with the social media and, you know, people's names going out or dresses. And then it's a, it's a bad situation when your information is out there. And, and obviously there's a lot of areas in which people can, you know, use that to their, their advantage and, and of course, uh, a disadvantage to you. So it's very important to, to make sure you have that. In the idea of collecting minimal information, I think a lot of businesses, when they do collect this information, I think they have this urgency or this need to want to collect as much information as possible so that they can use this in the future, you know, and or at least try to use it in the future and just have that there. Do you find that a lot of companies, they they want to collect as much information as possible? Oh, absolutely. I've talked to companies and I'll say, well, what are you going to use it for? Oh, I don't know. I don't have a need now, but I might in the future. So I might as well just collect it now because I'm getting it all. Mm -hmm. And you have to also, I think, tie it back to kind of your, your previous question, which was, well, what should a company be doing? Think about the kinds of data that's being collected and what is the relationship I have with you? Am I just getting to know you? And are you asking me for my income? I have no idea who you are. And I might answer that question and give you terrible data. So now you actually think you have good data, but you have terrible data because I don't even know who you are yet. So a big part of these kinds of questions is who was our relationship and what am I getting when I give you this information? And we talk all the time in a marketing world about making sure we're giving value and connecting with our Mm -hmm. audience. And this is where there's such a fascinating intersection with privacy because you want more information so you can tailor the experience and know who I am. I'm only going to give you actual accurate information if I trust and know what you're going to do with it. Would you recommend that companies put something in place with this? You know, as far as like, uh, I guess the best example would be somebody who has a website. Uh, Most website owners, they require some sort of page that specifically outlines their privacy policy. Do you recommend that they do that? Yes. So it's actually required by a number of different laws around the world. And so first we have laws. Most businesses just you know, want to comply with, with laws. And so mm-hmm. that's a, a good reason. First is, is that. Um, but also 
the whole idea of a privacy notice is it's a way to communicate to the person coming to your site, hey, this is what I'm going to do with the information. Thanks for giving it to me. Now let me tell you what, what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to use it to send you messages. I'm going to use it to send you surveys. I'm, you know what, I'm going to sell it because I don't really care about your data and I'm just going to earn money from it. And there are companies that sell data. And so we want to be able to share that. And the other thing that those notices do are also provide choices. Now, some of the privacy laws these days require choices. And what I mean by choices, the ability to delete information. So maybe mm -hmm. Jody has signed up for your marketing list. And I say, you know what, thanks. I'm not, I don't need it anymore. And I unsubscribe, but I actually want to go a step further. I want to be deleted from the MailChimp account that it came from. I can ask you in certain areas. So in the EU and in California to delete me from your database. So how the way to communicate how I do that is in that privacy notice. So again, those privacy notices, um, they seem kind of templated, but they really should be customized to your business because what you're collecting and what you're using is unique to your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you talk about communication with your customers by using this this policy or this privacy policy. And, and uh, I didn't know that it was law, that you had to have something like that. That's very interesting. And the, the thing is, I think most people, customers, don't even read it. I mean, you look at, I downloaded an application the other day and I just scrolled to the bottom, hit, hit that little square down at the bottom and said, okay. And I didn't know that they were like listening to my mic, that they were accessing my photos. And, and so all this information on my phone is being accessed by this application. And now I'm getting all these pop-ups for advertisements that I just happened to discuss with my fiance. And, and all of a sudden I got advertisements, for, <laughs> you know, for that, they're just listening to me. I don't know what's going on over here, but you know, do, do, do you find that uh, a lot of customers even read this? I mean, is this something that like, uh, should you just be very vague about it or should you generalize everything since it's uh, most customers don't even read it? Well, so there's, there's certainly a lot of customers who don't read them. There are also a lot of customers who do. And let me answer first from the legal side. So these privacy laws, um, there's one at, at the Federal Trade Commission, there's various different state laws, there's um, international laws, they all actually have very specific requirements of what needs to be in there. And it's a little bit of a balance of generic to specific. So I can't necessarily list, I mean, some companies could collect thousands of data points. So I can't necessarily always you know, list every single data point ever possible or every single use yeah. case. But you kind of have to, so you have to sort of summarize or categorize it enough to a level that's meaningful to the individual. Um, so you have to sort of balance that particular piece, but you do need to have one. The other thing I would say is it is your legal contract. It's your, it's it, because it's required in so many situations, it is your vehicle to, if a consumer or an individual or a customer ever came and questioned what you were doing, you'd be able mm -hmm. to point back and say, like, let's use your example. Oh no, we told you that we're going to record you. We told you that you, you had the ability to read it. It was your choice mm -hmm. if you chose to or not, but that's sort of the same idea. It's, it's why we have contracts and, and we spend so much time on all the legal contracts. You know, you hope you never need them, yeah, but you have them sense. in case you need them. And that's really the, the other way of, of how to look at these things. 
yeah, like you said, you can't list everything, but at least it gives the customer an opportunity to either research it or give them the choice, you know, because if they are going to be doing business with you and you have something on there, that's not really what they're, um, what they're liking. Like you don't want them to access a certain, uh, part of your phone or whatever, you know, uh, that at least gives them the option of saying, yeah, I'm going to do business with you. No, I'm not. Um, and you mentioned earlier, which, um, I think is really important is to have a way for the customer to communicate with you regarding, unsubscribing or something that you know you can come back and if they have a dispute or something that they need to follow up with that they have that information as well so i i think that it's great for for maybe to provide like an email address so that you can communicate with the customers um, uh, with any problems or concerns yes absolutely and you're going to see you know the bigger companies are going to start to lead but it'll eventually trickle down where companies are having almost privacy preference pages or privacy portals where it's not just the privacy notice of here's all the long text and here's everything that you need to know, but here's also um, ways for you to be able to um, summarize and, and make your choices and make your preferences there. So you know, I encourage people to go visit microsoft.com, visit cnn.com, and you can go and take a look at what those different companies have to offer. There's a lot of information, very valuable information that you're providing. Like I said, a lot of these companies, a lot of small companies, they're not thinking about this. If you know that you can get in trouble, uh, that you need to provide this to your customers and make sure that uh, uh, that they have at least a way of communicating with you and you communicating with them through this through this privacy policy, you know, setting something in place with uh, how you're going to collect the information, minimizing the, the information that you're collecting so that it doesn't hurt you in the future or you don't have to worry about getting sued. I mean, all these companies that are getting sued are because they're, they've leaked out this information by mistake or it's been downloaded or exported by an employee and then all of a sudden it's disseminated throughout the organization, you know. So it's very important to to make sure that you get all your ducks in line with regard to policy and privacy. And uh, I think if a customer sees that you're putting forth all this effort, it just builds that trust like, okay, this company is legit. They are not going to use my information to sell it to whoever, Amazon or whatever. (laughs) Amazon has all the information you ever need, so they probably sell it. (laughs) But, you know, you talk about building trust with your your customer. And I think that's very important. I think we've hit a lot of good points with regard to this. And I think as people start to build their company, they can start to implement these types of uh, security measures in order to build that trust with the customer. So it's very important. How can our uh, listeners get a hold of you? Absolutely. Well, first, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to, to share in it and help explain and educate privacy. It's a complex topic. And there's a lot to understand within it. And it's also ever-changing. The threats are increasing and the the requirements and the way we're using data continues to change. So I'd love to be able to connect with people. And um, I actually have a kind of a fun quiz speaking about getting sued. So it's it's the what's your number one privacy mistake that can get you sued. So if you go to redcloveradvisors.com slash get your guide, you can... Um, grab the quiz and in it kind of gives you a report of some steps that you can take. I think there's also a guide on that uh, same page. So just redcloveradvisors.com slash get your guide. And then I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. So easy to find Mm -hmm. Red Clover Advisors. 
as well as Jody Daniel. Awesome, awesome. You know, I, I usually like to to ask my guests, and it's off topic. It's just something I like to gather as far as information is. Uh, uh, if you have any words of wisdom or some rules that you live by, yeah. So the biggest one is is do your best. And it comes from my dad. It's DYB and pretty much everything we did. And I can still remember as a kid, you know, cleaning, no, don't skip the corners, like do your best. And, you know, you hear that in different iterations all the time, I think in, in different ways of, you know, the, the details of how you make your, how you start your morning will be how you handle all, all the bigger items as well. So in really whatever we do, and when we talk to our kids, it's always the same thing. Did you do your best? on whatever action it is. And if you can answer yes, then that was a good day. And the next time you can just keep iterating. Awesome. Awesome. Do your best. Jody Daniels. It was a pleasure having you on the show today. You're an inspiration to me and our listeners. I'm so glad to have had you on the show today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, there you go, guys. Jody Daniels. It was a pleasure having her on the show today. Remember to check out the show notes. All of her information is going to be in there. Uh, and just, you know, Keep in mind that you need to have security for your business and uh, privacy for your customers. So keep that in mind. Check out the creativeentrepreneur.net. We are transitioning to the creative to creativeentrepreneurship.net. You can still reach us at tcepodcast.net. And until next week, keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. Please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? Click on the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net.